grapple and hoist, heave the negavate. Oh no. Grapple <laughs> and hoist. <laughs> they heave it good. <laughs> yes. Welcome to the AfterSpark Podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Spex. Today we're going to be talking about episode number 33, Auto Berserk. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Sure. And, no doubt you've noticed, dear listener, we are again in our coronavirus void, uh, recording at our respective apartments, because we don't have much of a choice right now. So we do apologize if there are any sound issues. We are doing the best with what we've got right now. And today, we open with a test of the Negavator. Which the Autobots seem to actually be doing, but the humans appear to be uh, participating or monitoring to uh, some degree. Which, you know, after this is all done, the Autobots congratulate Wheeljack on a job well done, and some scientists are extremely happy when this giant-ass tower disappears. Of course, immediately after, one says, don't forget your tape recorder. Soundwave is practicing his passive social engineering. You know, like you do. Like you do. So Soundwave attacks and the Autobots move to intercept him. Red Alert is like really mad that Inferno isn't staying with him. And Inferno just thinks that his boyfriend is cramping his style. Oh, poor Red. Uh, The Autobots really don't want the Decepticons to get their brand new toy of destruction. I have to question what the practical purpose of this thing is. I mean, presumably destroying Decepticons? I don't know. For uh, not for them, practi- you know, being like, they're all for peace. They do an awful lot of ass kicking, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. So Soundwave then sends out all of his cassettes all at one time. They attack the bunker that the Autobots are in, collapsing the door and trapping them. And Grapple is sad that they're destroying his beautiful, beautiful bunker. Poor Grapple. He just doesn't want his hard hard work ruined. It's always ruined. Honestly, that has to be incredibly depressing, having everything that you build destroyed. And you just know it, like, happens with extreme regularity, right? Like, everything they build gets destroyed by the Decepticons, basically. (laughs) Yep. Um... So Soundwave is moving in on the Negavator, but Red Alert is controlling it remotely and shooting back at him. Red Alert is playing the realist video game. (laughs) Shoot the Decepticons. Red Alert really doesn't want to be left alone as Inferno again says he wants to go out and help the others before leaving the room. Grapple and Hoist begin to clear the rubble from the entrance, allowing the Autobots to escape. They begin fighting with Frenzy and Laserbeak, but Optimus steps in front of the Negavator, making it so Red can no longer get a clear shot at the Decepticons. Oh, Optimus. <laughs> I'm helping! <laughs> Don't play chicken with something that... <laughs> can disintegrate you, or something bigger than you in one shot. Or send you to the negative zone, or whatever the hell it's supposed <laughs> to do. <laughs> You're going to the Shadow Realm! <laughs> yeah so because optimus does the dumb thing this allows rumble to gain access to the cockpit of the negavator because this has a cockpit despite red alert controlling it remotely i don't know man (laughs) they wanted a backup and in this case the backup was a bad idea (laughs) in this case the backup was a backdoor for the decepticons get into their cockpit 
Yo, got a literal back door. Yes. <sighs> we have multiple enough... of those this episode. <laughs> yeah, they really do. But the Negavator is shot and Rumble gets out before he's able to inflict any damage on the Autobots. Soundwave and company retreat, but Rumble leaves a parting gift in the form of a rocket that manages to hit Red Alert, who is in it was all the way in the bunker, may I may I remind you. Yep, it is a major tracking thing, and honestly, Red Alert just got hit by the plot. Which, considering it's a Red Alert-centered episode, they had to get him somehow. Yep. Red Alert needed to get some wump. <laughs> so he, Red Alert's buried under rubble, crying out for Inferno. Hoist is able to free him, but when Inferno arrives afterwards, Red is very angry at him for leaving. Yep. Later, Red Alert talks to Optimus, seeming progressively more paranoid the longer they talk. He even thinks that Inferno wants his job. I feel I can safely say, no one wants your job, Red. Yeah. Red Alert has clearly been badly affected by Rumble's rocket, as his head keeps fritzing out and causing him pain and distress. Despite this being very obvious to anybody looking at him, Optimus doesn't order him to go, you know, get himself checked out, go get help. He may strongly suggest it, but he doesn't order it. This was his first mistake. <laughs> yeah. The Autobots head back to base while the cons watch on their TV monitor from, you know, their own base. And Megatron calls Soundwave an incompetent fool. Ahem, <clears throat> excuse me? Soundwave is the most competent con you have, except for maybe Laserbeak and or Ravage. Don't you know, no one's as good as Megatron, even when Megatron fails. Plus, Megatron just really, really wants the big gun. Does he, does he need a gun friend? He wants to compensate for something. I think he already is, isn't he? <laughs> oh, he is, but he, he needs the he compensation. He turns into a gun and has a giant fusion cannon. You cannot tell me he's not compensating for something. <laughs> well, he wants to com he wants to compensate more. <laughs> he must compensate more for his clone of Optimus Prime. Got it. <laughs> you know that thing lives in a closet somewhere, Specs. You know it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <sighs> this and Russian Ravage, these are the only two uh, reoccurring jokes we have. We're sorry, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Starscream volunteers to go get the Negavator for him. Which doesn't seem to be what happens, as the next thing we see is Megatron and Rumble on top of a ridge overlooking the Autobots. Optimus hears something, but when he asks Red Alert to analyze it, uh, poor Red fritzes again and says that everything is fine. And they are driving through a canyon, of course. So yeah. Rumble causes a rock slide that falls on top of Ironhide and Optimus, and then Megatron orders the rest of the cons to attack. Grapple and Hoist leave the Negavator unguarded as they rush in to help. Megatron's very Hoist... happy about this development. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's okay. Hoist, I think, was driving the Negavator. Yeah, so I don't think ask so. me how how anything somehow the Negavator's cockpit is one size fits all. Oh yes. And then Smokescreen attempts to hide the Negavator by generating some smoke. The Seekers drive or try fly through the cloud and temporarily lose their ability to navigate. That is honestly a terrifying thing that Smokescreen smoke can do. Yeah, especially for flyers. Yeah. 
Oh, so two of the Seekers run into each other, and then Starscream runs into a wall. The smoke does not appear to detour Megatron much, though. He does kind of bang face first into the Negavator. <laughs> True. And then he gets into that one-size-fits-all cockpit, and now he's the one controlling it. I mean, like, okay, I mean, at least Megatron can mass shift. Like, Rumble's roughly people-sized. I can see him fitting, you know. Um, Even, you know, uh, Hoist isn't super, super big, but Megatron getting in there, that's that's stretch unless he's mass shifting. Yeah, but Hoist... Hoist somehow has managed to fit in Grapple's co- Grapple's co- not cockpit. Uh, like his cab. driving compartment. Yeah. Cab, yes. So I don't know. Maybe Hoist can also mass shift. Everything can mass shift from Cybertron. <laughs> maybe. Ramjet <laughs> lives up to his name by ramming into the Negavator and knocking Megatron out of it. I've got morons on my team. <laughs> That is true. I mean, he does. most he does. Yeah, most of the Decepticons are not not the brightest. I mean, the Coneheads especially, I feel like, aren't terribly bright. Uh, Ren Ramjet, his entire thing is hitting things with his head. Yeah, they can't be good on the old positronic brain. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, they have good health insurance. They're cons. You know they don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. They don't um, even have a doctor specs. I think that Constructicons at least phenonically fit into that role. Probably. But, but yeah. they didn't even have a doctor for the entire first season. Allow me to phrase it that way. Starscream and Soundwave were probably the closest they had to doctors. <laughs> You're probably right. And that is scary. I don't think I'd want Starscream operating on me, personally. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, so the cons retreat, leaving Starscream behind. The rock slide is going to take days to clear, apparently. But why do they need to clear it? Why do they spend so much time driving in canyons? Do they like off-roading? Most of them aren't even built for off-roading, so what's the point? Nobody knows. Optimus asks why Red Alert didn't warn them, to which Red Alert says they're all out to get him. And Optimus says that Red Alert uh, needs a complete overhaul. Well, okay, maybe don't phrase it like that. He's already paranoid as hell. He doesn't need help. Optimus needs to go through some sensitivity training, I think. Yeah, we're just we're just going to have, you know, a leadership summit that both Optimus and Megatron need to attend for vastly different reasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Red knocks down Inferno and Grapple before running off into a forest. Starscream watches all this and says that Megatron will regret abandoning him. Starscream wants everyone to regret everything to do with him. Pretty much. I feel like. I I feel like probably many people do regret things that involve Starscream. Yeah. Red escapes into a city in his alt mode and the others give chase. And Ironhide finds what he thinks is Red Alert, speaking soothingly to him and gently picks him up. Can we talk about how gosh darn cute this is? Ironhide's a good friend. <laughs> he is. Ironhide and, like, Perceptor can run the sensitivity training. Yeah, you know, I feel... Well, okay, I don't know if I think Ironhide could do it, but Perceptor definitely could. Um, admittedly, I would love to see a sensitivity training ran by Ratchet. <laughs> I'm not saying he'd be particularly good at it, but I am saying 
the lectures would be amazing. Yeah. In context, this is by a place that is on fire. So a fire chief runs up and says, hey, that's mine. Put it back where you found it. <laughs> so Ironhide puts it down and apologizes, saying it looked like a friend of mine. And in the context of this, part of the reason this is funny, at least to me, is that Red Alert is a Lamborghini. Fire Lamborghini? Yep. <laughs> Ironhide followed the fire Lamborghini to where this fire was happening. <laughs> yep. <sighs> And then, uh, and you know, where Red Alert actually is, he is lured into a garage by Starscream, who puts his hand on his shoulder. Oh, bad touch. Optimus then makes an executive decision to leave Red B and get the Negavator back to a more defensible location, or back to the bunker they were just at. They gotta save some money. Gotta reuse some prior locations. True. Or maybe prior backgrounds, I don't know. <sighs> Grapple says, but red circuits are going to explode if we don't help him soon. Well, that's Grapple. news to the rest of us. Yeah. Grapple has a, has his priority straight, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. The fact that this is how they choose to convey this information to the viewer, I mean, that is kind of weird. It really is. It really comes out of nowhere. But Optimus says their energy level is too low to withstand another Decepticon attack. Oh, they gotta get back and share those beds. Which are presumably portable that they've set up in the bunker? Maybe. <laughs> oh, God, are they brought a bunch of quick charge packs or something that they charged up using the beds? Just thinking, like, you know, um, like a camp, the Cybertronian equivalent to a camping cot. Well, I was thinking it's like a nap in, like, a box or something. <laughs> like a, a nap in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, and then meanwhile, Starscream is gaslighting poor Red Alert into letting him get to the Negavator. You know, with a good side of buttering him up. And Red is so out of it, he ultimately agrees to this. The Autobots put the Negavator in a really stupidly designed bunker with incredibly convenient air holes. All the more for Red Alerts to get in. Ravage spies on Red and Starscream entering the base, while Megatron also watches, or watches through Ravage's I think so which is weird. Screen relay? <laughs> usually the one that's doing that. Ramjet and Thrust though are apparently very ready to weld their own air commander to a wall volunteering to catch up with Starscream. But Megatron has an even better plan. Why do work when other people can do it for you? Well I mean conservation of resources. <laughs> True. True. Back with the Autobots Smokescreen and Wheeljack are going to try and find Red Alert. Cully, I hope we can find our friend before he explodes. Well, I mean, they've got the Master of Explosions on task, so <laughs> hopefully he can find them. Or <laughs> Again, we're putting Wheeljack in charge of stopping explosions. This does not seem like the best use of your, uh, your accidental explosion expert. Maybe he's just good at finding them before they happen, so... <laughs> he's attracted to explosions, that's why they're using him. <laughs> Red and Starscream enter the tunnels under the bunker, trying to avoid some horrible eldritch abomination of a machine, and honestly, it really is. Starscream screeches, I don't want to die, before brute forcing his way through a gate, and they reach the negavator. <laughs> Starscream sounds oddly breathless about this. Look, Megatron is happy about well-built shit. Starscream is a science nerd. That's just the truth, man. True. 
Red Alert hops into the machine and shoots the gate, making it disappear and allowing him and Starscream to get the Negavator out. Megatron shows up, him and Starscream bigger, you know, normal. Good thing Starscream does some real smooth talking, because Megatron sounds kind of jealous here, not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. But Red's not super happy about relinquishing his newfound power. And, I mean, he's gotten a taste of that power, so he's, who would want to let it go without a fight? Not that that paranoia he's dealing with is helping him right now at all. Right. Red and Starscream struggle, but Red Alert is miraculously healed when he's hit with a shot from Starscream's null ray. Or at least forcibly dragged into sanity. For a limited time. Back into his right mind, yeah. He gets into the Negavator and uses it against the Decepticons, turning the tide of the fight into the Autobots' favor. And I don't think we mentioned that the Autobots finding out about them getting in there at all. <laughs> they do, and they all just they just sort of shout at Red to stop, and it was just Megatron showed up like three seconds later. It felt very pointless. Yeah. But Optimus and Ironhide waddle to victory. <laughs> <laughs> the cons retreat, but the Negavator blows up anyway, and somehow this leads to a lot of smoke. So why are the Autobots coughing? A bad habit they'd picked up from their squishies? Or at least that's what I'd say if Megatron hadn't also been doing it earlier when he was in the middle of smokescreen smoke. <laughs> yeah. Red Alert dives in. Like, at this point, I think most of the Autobots are, like, outside. And Red Alert is still inside in the in the bunker. And Inferno dives in, or rushes in to help him. Because Red's been caught in the explosion. Another explosion, and the rest of the Autobots think Inferno and Red are both dead. Optimus says, I should have gone myself, all self-flagellating. Flagellating? Flagellating? I can never remember how that's pronounced. <laughs> I, I just think, Optimus, do you, do you need to talk to somebody? Oh, they need a therapist. Yeah, we're poor Rung. Rung should have existed in G1. I think everybody would have been healthier if Rung existed in G1. <laughs> oh, yeah. But Red and Inferno are fine. Red apologizes. Optimus tells him it's fine. Red says something about friendship, friendship, blah, 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 and then the episode ends. And also this entire time, Inferno is cradling Red Alert in his arms in a princess <laughs> carry. Definitely. They're definitely boyfriends. Don't think he must be otherwise. But join us next time for episode 34, City of Steel. Learn more about six do-it-yourself projects utilizing your Optimus Prime. <sighs> yep. <laughs> We've got some fanfic uh, recommendations for yes, today, which I think you were actually just going to say, too. <laughs> we'll get there. One way or another, we'll get to the fanfic. Okay, so the first one up is A Most Reluctant Noah by the Star Horse. It's based on the G1 cartoon. Um, rated G. It's Jen. There's no pairings. Characters are the G1 Autobots. There may be some Decepticons, but I think it's just the Autobots. This is one that I... it's mostly just Autobots. Yeah, I haven't read it in a while, but it's one that I do remember enjoying. So in summary, first it rained, and then it rained more. And then it just kept on raining. And so the theme for both of these is Red Alert basically being a pretty... Central character. Yes, thank you. And this is a complete one-shot... It was actually written, or the Star Horse wrote it for someone, I think because of a contest. I don't actually remember what the contest was. It's mentioned, I believe, in the the notes. 
Probably. Yeah. Uh, the second one is Overkill by Altionic. It's G1 cartoon, rated G. It's Gen, no pairings. And the characters are Optimus Prime and Red Alert. And in summary, Optimus thinks that Red Alert's new security system for the Autobot base may be a little um, over the top. <laughs> and again, Red Alert themed. This is a one-shot Drabble, and it's complete. And it was pretty short, but also pretty fun. Fun at any length is always a good thing. And I think you have fan art recommendations for today? Yes, I do. So our um, recommendation for today is K-King. Um, they have a Tumblr, a Pixiv, and a Twitter. And they primarily were doing Beast Wars and Animated, but there's quite a lot of different art. Um, they have a lot of humorous comics or kind of sketchy drawings. And for today, we have um, Megatron and Dinobot having a discussion that's kind of serious. Uh, Beast Wars, Megatron. But I really like it. Uh, and then Honor, uh, Dinobot, <laughs> which is a delight. And then um, a, mega, a very Megatron Christmas. It, it is also a delight. It's literally one of my favorite pieces of fan, fan art ever. Um, because I love Beast Wars, and it's just a bunch of the Predacons. <laughs> and it's completely, wonderfully absurd. The number of hats that Megatron is wearing. Yes, or yes. Well, no, I don't think he's wearing a hat. I think he might have a bag. His dinosaur head is where... Oh, I thought that was a hat that his dinosaur head was wearing. Oh, no, 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 no. I meant on his back. But yes, the dinosaur head is wearing a hat, as is his ducky. Yeah. Actually, the ducky and the dinosaur head are what I was thinking of. <laughs> yes. For those of you who haven't seen Beast Wars, Beast Wars Megatron has a ducky that, I shit you not, shows up in at least multiple scenes. Um, in he's his jacuzzi got... of evil. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, he's got a jacuzzi. <laughs> jacuzzi evil. I mean, look, if you're going to hold counsel with your bastards, you might as well be comfortable doing it, right? <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I've just had the sudden, I don't know, <sighs> mental assertion that someone in that show basically had roller skates. Uh, you're not wrong. Because Megatron's second frame? Absolutely. Is a, is a roller skating T-Rex. I shit you not. There's an entire scene where he's roller, roller skating slowly around someone in a vaguely menacing fashion. It's amazing. You all wonder why I love Beast Wars so much. I love Beast Wars so much. I get good writing and I get completely stupid shit like this. <laughs> it's been a while since I watched it, but that's probably what came to my mind. Just saying, Beast Wars Megatron is a delight. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> okay, and that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowford as Afterspark Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Afterspark Pod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for Afterspark Podcasts such as AO3, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr or YouTube. Till next time, I'm Specs. And I'm Els. Doodles. <laughs>